Hi everyone, it's Jamila here from this week's podcast, just checking in and introducing myself. I'm from Sussex Innovation and this week on 100 Stories, I'm interviewing my colleague Marley. We talk about his experiences growing up in London, both of our school experiences, the scheme that he set up and the current climate. Hi guys, welcome to 100 Stories. My name is Jamila and I work at Sussex Innovation and today I'm going to be interviewing my colleague Marley. Good. Introduce yourself, tell us tell us about yourself. Hi all, I'm also at Sussex Innovation on my placement year, so in the third year I have a three year degree course. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm kind of, kind of currently doing. <laughs> How are you? How is life? But, um, I can't really complain. I know, like, the world is pretty crazy. Like, the whole of 2020 has just been a very strange year. But, like, life is quite good for myself. Thank God, yeah. Obviously, today we're here to kind of talk about your experiences in life. We want to hear your story. Um, so probably a good place to start is, like, where are you from? You know, what was your childhood like? Tell us about your parents, your family. Yeah. Where are you from is like such a weird question. So like when people ask, you're like, <laughs> do, do you mean like the era I live in or do you mean like my racial makeup? Um, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, like I'm British, like uh, I was born in like and raised in South East London in the borough of Greenwich in a place called Woolwich. My, my parents' racial makeup is that my dad's from Tanzania and Kenya and my mum is English, um, so that's kind of like, I'm a bit mixed heritage, like I don't know if you can see via Zoom, but um, yeah. And just in terms of like upbringing and like the surrounding area I grew up in, it was quite interesting, like very heavily working class area in a council state. Childhood was great, like there was no worries. Everyone is like, everyone in the community, it used to be a bit more heavily community, community-based mm. so um, there was a s- strong sense of community from doing things like there's a football cage like concrete football cage about 30 seconds from my house like literally just I can see it from my bedroom view <laughs> and in summer up until everyone turned about I'd say I think up until maybe 2012 2013 so I was about 12 13 a couple older boys a couple people my age in the summertime on the weekends they would be up to like no exaggeration 50 people in a cage <laughs> it's, it's a free it's a 3v3 three three or 4v4 cage and people just wait and it'll be like the first two goals and the next team is on and like if your if your team stayed on for like an hour plus like you just felt good the rest of the day we'd do things like torture runouts where like essentially it's 10 v 10 and the 10 people what make is like torture <laughs> that sounds so dangerous it was slightly dangerous but it was character building where there would be like 20 of us from like the age of nine till 14, 15. And yeah, one team would come up with a word or a phrase. So it could be like, say if it was um, six letter words, it could be Marley. That's the word that they have to try and get. And you would run around the whole estate and like just keep running and running. And when the team who's chasing have got you, they would essentially like, take the word out of you if that makes sense like get your get your individual letter then 
there would all be up at like the cage once you've been like found or your letters been given you just go to the cage and then when they've kind of got an idea of what the word is they can like guess it and say it and then you switch around but it was like it was tough love but it was like it was very interesting and when I think about it like looking back now it was just like it was something that bonded a lot of us together like even the older ones like um, when they see the young ones now it's that kind of brotherhood strong relationship and it was just fun times we had no stress we didn't know about any type of issues in society and it was just, yeah, <laughs> fun a very naive period of time kind of miss it I do miss that uh element of childhood where you could literally just like meet around them and be just become best friends or like have the best day ever was there like was it quite multi multi-racial when you were growing up like was there was it like predominantly black or mixed race or white was it quite a mix um I'd say like my area is like what I think of and I think of what London is mm. so like in London I believe people who are from um different ethnic groups to white British make up 45% of London and white British is about half of London just over half and it's like my era but a bit more of even more diversity there's so many people from the continent of Asia and that's like people of Indian um, origin people Mm -hmm. of Chinese origin and then there's also many different people from Africa from Nigeria Ghana and there's a lot of mixed people a lot of white British people and yeah like growing up you're you're very naive and I hate the terminology, but when you're young, I feel like there's a greater chance of you actually being this. And it's a term like colorblind. I'd say like until about 10 you don't like you literally just play with people for them, essentially for them being for them being cool or for them <laughs> just adding value to your life or mm. them just being someone you can meet up with because you can quickly tell your mom like, hey, like um, person who comes to knock at your door and you're like, mom, he's at the door. You've already pre-banned it. <laughs> And um, I, I don't feel like the term colorblind helps with any type of racial issues. But when you're young, I feel like you genuinely are. And it's just a naive mentality that you have as a child. You just play with people for the sake of them being your friend or for them adding value to your everyday life. And if anything, like you recognize more, maybe you just grow up in that same area together. And that's why you should be cool, not because of mm-hmm. any of our dynamics in society. So yeah them times them times were great until you it was the real world <laughs> but, better times honestly I think growing up was probably like the biggest scam because realistically when when you start realizing more about the world you're just like oh my goodness mm-hmm. took those days for granted being completely oblivious to it because it just you know you're five years old but I mean I'm interested to kind of hear about your school your school journey and how was school for you was it uh a good experience, a bad experience? Um, secondary school was something I took for granted because it was the most amazing period of life. Like, <laughs> and I think of it like every single day you just go, you go see like the best people in your life. Um, you literally just enjoy every single day, even if you don't claim to kind of enjoy education or be the most academic person just enjoy the vibes PE there's there's lessons like product design um I was kind of an all-rounder like I didn't mind every subject in the same way but you would have like you'd have so many different friends and like even people in your class you just sit next to and my school was based based in a very working class area as well just going through a lot of gentrification now but like 42% of the people at my school were eligible for free school meals which is like four oh, times cool. the national average 
you would literally not even know who was like on free school meals, who wasn't like people just generally didn't care, um, which was a great thing growing up. Because a lot of people, like even myself at times, I had like the mentality that like, oh, I don't want to like get lunch for free just in case people realise because of like the idea of bullying. But the way I was mm-hmm. set up or the way I knew a lot of people in school, I was like, okay, this is free food. Like I don't really care. It's not. It's not. It's not like that. Um, yeah, secondary school was cool. Like playing for the school football team. Like and not playing as in like on the bench. Like a heavy starter. <laughs> um, and yeah, that just made school even greater. Kind of like recognized as like academically gifted kind of put a little bit more pressure but like it wasn't too heavy because I was just doing up enjoyment essentially but, um, <laughs> but yeah secondary school it was it was literally what I think that like now like science lessons and like when you do experiments that's like memories you can't replace it was, like, uh, it, was it was much better times I have to say it's just it feels like a lifetime away now have any kind of issues or confusion to do with your race whilst you were growing up and going through school um there was a few incidents like my school was in Eltham which is like it's historically quite a racist borough like evidently with um the murder of Stephen Lawrence I'm pretty sure like everyone knows um that happened literally on my way so like I would have, have to go past Well Hall the one two two bus that where it happened like every single day my bus would go past there it was about 10 minutes away from my school with that so like there is there is quite a racist undertone in Eltham like kind of one time when me and some friends were going to football I went to McDonald's quick to go grab a burger while they was at the bus stop because we had a few minutes and I came back and like they looked like quite distressed and they just explained like someone drove past in the car and like tried to spit at them and shout out the n-word and this was when we were like oh in. and uh and then like That's actually so in school, I know but it's like such a usual like not a usual thing but like in Elton that's something you would expect to happen it's bad and then like in secondary school like more maybe possibly Islamophobia like some of the boys are like heavily um working class white boys who may have had some elements of their socialization primary socialization be wrong like parental kind of upbringing and like things their parents could have said but like it was like a few people that just like said certain things about um a good amount of people who identified as muslim and they'll just be saying unnecessary stuff that just like wasn't on like things you can't say and they didn't really get in the most trouble um they're very patriotic uh, which is obviously of course it's great to to love your country and i agree with loving your country but um it's also okay to recognise the things not so good in your country. Mm. And it shouldn't be kind of at the cost of, of someone else's experiences. Like you loving your country shouldn't then kind of bear negatively on other people. And I think that's kind of an issue that a lot of ethnic minorities do face in England at the moment. And then even like, it wasn't directly me, but like friends, there's like incidents where um, a group of friends have been on a trip and they've been a little bit foolish and they're throwing around skittles on the coach which is like a young uh, working class or even just a young boy thing to do yeah just having um, a bit of fun though isn't it yeah and they like nearly got permanently excluded but like in the same academic year a group of boys who were of a different ethnic group um so these white boys essentially they was in spain they kind of beat up another group of white boys um from the school yeah yeah I know, crazy. The teachers even knew. And then oh they got they got to either the airport or they got to the station back in London. 
and they run away. Yeah, they run away from the teachers and they got like two days in exclusion. So they're like internally excluded, whereas the group of Blackboard's friends kills were like five days externally excluded. And then it's like crazy. once like I remember learning in sociology, one of the boys was in the same class as me, one of the black boys who nearly got permanent <laughs> and was in sociology and we was like sitting right next to each other and like we was learning about the hidden exclusion around um young black boys in london specifically but in the uk in general as well that's and a deeper subject <laughs> yeah we was wow. about like two years later and he was just like oh he's like remember this incident he's like look like this is like real life example because schools often don't tend to actually put it on the record when they exclude um young black boys and it's like often to do with like how the teachers view them teachers kind mm, of that like know, unconscious bias exactly mm. that yeah, it was just interesting to kind of learn that like there's actual studies and there's actual sociologists who dedicate their life to at least making us all recognise and hopefully try like prevent these unconscious biases and such incidents from happening. Mm, absolutely. So what did you take at A level? Was that sociology? Yeah, sociology. Yeah. And um, what else did you take like, in terms of A levels and like deciding to come to Sussex Uni and? It was quite cool. Like I did business economics sociology and geography during my AS level I was actually doing psychology but I dropped out because um yeah that was a crazy time (laughs) yeah they just wasn't good for me so I picked up geography considering I've never ever done geography in my life like two months (laughs) in and I ended up like flopping AS level like I got like a C C D D something along that and Mm -hmm. I was like wow like this is not my destiny like this is not how it's supposed to be for me and that's not like on any type of arrogance but just because like I knew that I had a bit more of an academic gift in achieving Mm -hmm. that so I put in so much work in second year to the point where like when everyone was chilling in the sixth room area and just having fun and banter like I'll be on my one I even picked up the EPQ yeah I wish I did it sometimes because I could have (laughs) got more A's but um it was I did it on the death penalty and if it should be reintroduced to the UK but um I I came to the conclusion that it shouldn't be reintroduced oh again (laughs) um, it was just interesting to use like America as a case study look at the history of it when it was abolished kind of who suffered the most and yeah it was good and then I ended up getting an A in sociology and then um B B in economics and business the economics B felt like A star because that subject is crazy and then a B in the EPQ so A and three Bs yeah congratulations you must work so hard for that because A levels are it's just probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my whole entire life like I don't think people really realize like actually how hard it is because it's so much knowledge and information that you have to retain and then regurgitate to like a really really high level on the day of my last exam I just came home and just went to sleep (laughs) I wasn't even gassed I was just like I need rest now like that was far too much for me to ever handle ever again but it's crazy because I don't know about you but I feel like uni is like easier and how's your kind of uni experience been in comparison to school in terms of academics and just general uh, life I'd say academics like I really enjoy uni because it's like, I feel like uni, I've taken uni as what I really wanted it to be, which is like, as well as a space to kind of gain knowledge and expertise in the area of business and management, it's more about, it's a time period where I'm able to like, see what I enjoy, kind of try some new things, 
um, try some things, sell some things, do some things well, work some different like part-time jobs, gain skills, gain mm-hmm. connections. And like, I think of like some of the experiences I've had, I did a, an internship at Citibank and I was just like, this is like an amazing opportunity, but like the role that I did as a business analysis isn't for me going forward. Like maybe mm-hmm. possibly something in HR and development of like teams and retaining staff and low absentees, something along that line and motivating the workforce could be, but that specifically wasn't. And then I did a home office internship um, for first generation students and students um, who are from disadvantaged backgrounds. And that was like, it was difficult because it was during coronavirus lockdown and we couldn't go in the office. But it was like, I did a lot of work around like diversity and making more um, making schemes available to members of staff so we can increase the amount of people within the higher roles within the home office and I was like that kind of HR work is something that could potentially be something that I enjoy and then like now I'm on placement yeah Sussex Innovation mm-hmm. and I'm doing like everything business related I'm just like seeing okay marketing is quite an interest to me and I enjoy marketing and working on social media whereas something and market research I'm kind of interested in how to condense information and make it useful for, for someone reading or writing I enjoy that and then there's other elements where I'm like okay this is not really my strong point or this is not really something I want to focus on later on in life and then at uni as well things like being a volunteer for the body scheme mm. is amazing like supporting students gaining them what does that entail skills. actually it's just like providing support to students who either they are international students and they're trying to get into university and like understand the way the UK universities work or if it's just students who just want an uh, opportunity to socialise with other students and meet new people and yeah it was great being the ambassador for the business school for that and that role was very rewarding and then some part-time jobs I've done at uni in the career centre um, with the academic skills team who are doing great now or like even just working in retail whilst at uni is like it's been so useful to kind of develop skills that I can use in a few years time mm. so I'm kind of just finding like finding yourself I feel like university should be and 100%. I've done that okay <laughs> um, what made you choose Sussex out of interest did you know kind of when you started your A-levels that you wanted to come to Sussex and do business management Sussex what interests me was the study abroad thing. So <laughs> first year I got to go to Singapore and study at Nanyang Technological University, which is like wow. top 15 in the world. It was, it was just, I can't explain it. You just have to go to Singapore <laughs> to see how it's just like the best country ever. And like studying entrepreneurship there was great, but that's like, I had my mindset on that. I had my mind set on trying to start up Sussex a few times, which I have. And maybe my final year, who knows, you might see me on um, Sussex Innovation page because I'm one of the winners. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just knew Sussex provided a lot of things, like even placement scheme. They had so much going on. And I was just like, here, I can just go be my authentic self, try a few things. But I only kind of, Sussex came into my mind when a lot of teachers were downplaying the universities I could go to. I said I wanted to apply for like four ones that needed ABB plus and my, a lot of my teachers weren't having it even though some of them had faith in me so I had to apply for like one or two that were ABB and then the rest were lower so Sussex was like one of the highest ones and I was gonna maybe try go through adjustment and end up going Warwick on results <clears> because <throat> my grades I was like Sussex when I came and visited it was just nice 
just a nice area near the sea the campus is like amazing um it's beautiful park. and the people that like, i knew it was, it was quite it was quite diverse obviously not like a lot of unis are still kind of progressing with the amount of diversity they have but Sussex just seemed like the place for me and I was just like a few of my older friends went there and I was just like I came and visited them like one or two times and I was just like this this, this is, is it for me. Yeah. Mm, yeah it is it is such a beautiful campus and like such a beautiful place to be especially in the summer and I think yeah. as you were saying like even in regards to the people it's such a interesting mix and like in such a good way as well because they definitely make efforts to really you know make sure that you don't feel like you don't have the same opportunities as others like you mentioned with the first generation scholar scheme which I know some some people do feel like that when they come from maybe a, a more disadvantaged background they really do make the efforts to make you feel like no you know you can you can have the same opportunities as as everyone else which is amazing you mentioned a bit briefly earlier I think from school and you started a men- doing mentoring with the body scheme but I know that you've got your own mentoring scheme that you set up with a few friends. So if you want to talk to us about that, I'm quite interested. That that idea kind of came about, I think, when there was, I watched something on BBC and it was about bridging the gap between working class and middle class university students. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like working class students who achieve a first. So say, let's just put an example. Me and, me and you, Jamila, we both go to Sussex Uni. Your background is middle class and you achieve a 2-2 at uni which is a whole two grades lower than me who achieves the first just because of your middle class status and like your upbringing and the skills and different things you develop um, kind of unconsciously over time you're still more likely to get a grad role over me and earn more in life which it kind of illustrates that society is not meritocratic mm-hmm. and we still have a long way to go because that's just a crazy concept because we're kind of taught that hard work breeds success and there's equal opportunities so on paper I should kind of get the job over you and I thought, so I thought what can I kind of do on my little part and then I just thought of this scheme called the Inspire Project and yeah now there's it started off in the first year there was me and three friends and then there was eight students and we took them to um, places like my for startups shout out to Amali she's the managing director there and she's just mm-hmm. um we took them to Octopus Investments we did some actual in-school individual coaching but we did like group workshops on things like kind of planning an event because they was going to do that in the summer before corona we did stuff on why teamwork is important and the value you can get from it kind of ob- overcoming obstacles networking so it was like a range of soft skills and general life skills as mm-hmm. well as kind of providing them opportunity to see places where they can go and work or be like be a member of and then individual coaching just for kind of to gain that report and also just help them with any queries or general things they have going on in life and then this year my three friends they're very busy they're in final year now so they've kind of like I told them to just focus on the university right now and I got another there's seven plus me so eight of us now I have eight boys which is a it's a bit crazy how do you manage that um, I, I don't know I just but um, they're all great and then there's seven others who have two mentees each so it's gone from like initially four of us and eight people eight young ones to about eight of us and about early 20s like 22 23 
young ones, which is like great because it's only the second year and we're kind of still getting used to it and finding the best ways to kind of give sessions, whether it's individual or group. Now, because of like uh, the pandemic, I'm kind of thinking of ways to get people into school to do like workshops. I have a few in mind, some people who kind of run businesses or work in organizations that I feel that would be useful. So we're just adapting, but hopefully in the next year or two, we have it as a registered nonprofit and we get like, the, the goal is to have, instead of two figures, like 20 young people being mentored, it goes to a hundred plus and it's in like different Harris's or different schools within London so that's the goal but we're just starting off kind of are you interested in going into social enterprise would you want to do this hopefully for the rest of your life or is it something that you kind of hope to grow and then pass down onto maybe one of the younger ones that you're mentoring at the moment or have you even thought about that (laughs) yeah I would I would love the young ones who be a mentor now in three years to be mentors themselves that's that's the goal to create like a community yeah create a community in that sense I kind of like I have thought about creating like social enterprises and that being like the career path that I go down I think it's just it's just dependent on a lot of things but I'm, I'm just thinking more about impact rather than like measuring for now so it's just like doing the groundwork rather than like in the future for the results yeah so that's really important but hopefully if I'm able to find a job in the future or jobs are more flexible and I work three or four days a week I'd love to spend the rest of my time kind of doing work in terms of creating a social enterprise and going down that route but whatever job I do in life I know that I will have a big impact in my own community and um, hopefully some other communities as well that's so exciting because how old are you at 20 20 yeah yeah that's crazy like the amount that you've achieved already is it's crazy like you've been to Singapore some people haven't even left the country and you've been to Singapore and you set up this social enterprise like that is the dream but I mean I want to talk about Tanzania as well actually because I know we've had uh, little conversations about that before and like your links to to Tanzania so if you want to talk about that for a little bit yeah Tanzania was like interesting because I got tripped into a, a holiday um, <laughs> when I was about 15 16 and I like just got like excluded like not permanently but just got excluded from school for like something very foolish and like very minor but I was just young and, um, what did you do? We were, <laughs> we, were, we were on we were on transport um, TFL. We was on a bus, and one of like my friends took a BB gun from like this kid who gave it to him. He came and like shot me like four times. So like I grabbed the gun, like I grabbed the BB gun, and like I shot him back because it's just retaliation as a young person. <laughs> Naturally. And, yeah, and like toxic masculinity made me grab that gun and shoot him back. <laughs> But um, we, we, we got excluded for like five days and then like my parents weren't happy. Then my dad was like, yeah, we're going to Tanzania summer holiday. Da, da, da. And then like it was going to be a shorter period of time. It ended up being like the whole summer and one week before summer started. And like I came back two days before school started. So it was like nine weeks. And I was just like, wow. I started off like slightly angry because I was there for so long. But then I loved it like differently. Like... I've even contemplated after graduation, if I take a gap year, I'm going to spend half the time there. But I kind of learned a lot in Tanzania, like about myself, about the world, kind of about my thoughts on a lot of things changed. One time, it was during Ramadan, and um, it was like a holy month for Muslims to choose to fast during the month of Ramadan. And it was like at the end of, um, you stop fasting at half six there, 
in England a bit, a bit later and I saw some kids playing football and I kind of used to take pocket money from my dad and just save it for when I get back to England so I could buy shoes and had quite a bit of money and then see about 10 kids playing and I was with my cousin and then I just went over to them and I was just like I kind of like said like I'll buy you like buy you a drink because you look like I've been playing football for long and then they're just all like very grateful like came over my cousin quickly went to go talk to one of the aunties and was at the like the little shop stall bit and I was buying like them all the drinks I was like oh like Fanta, Coke, Sprite etc like in the glass bottles so it tastes even better oh that tastes uh, different <laughs> and then um, and then yeah um the kids like were not taking a drink when like the shopkeeper opened the bottle and like tried to give it to them and they're just all looking at me like no and then my cousin came back like a moment later and like he, he just basically explained to me that the shopkeeper like tried to inflate the prices because he knew that I was a Westerner, just like off of complexion, what I was wearing, etc. And then, yeah, and then ended up paying like the normal price and the kids like had the drink. Every day after that, I think I was there for two, three weeks and then he just like came up to me, like spoke to me about just general things and stuff like that. And then I was just like, yeah, like one day I'm going to do something a bit nicer. And then it was like, this, it was at the start of this year. So like the year started very well. And um, <laughs> I did like a fundraiser, like mm. my goal was £1,000 by like summertime before I go, meant to go to Tanzania. And um, I was going to spend £1,000 on providing educational resources like books, pens, pencils, toys as well, things that can increase their educational experience and maybe possibly school uniform as well to a local primary school to next to my uncle's house and also some stuff to a local orphanage. Yeah, I ended up raising, I saw my friends, I raised a thousand pound, I cut off my hair as well, because I thought by someone, no one would see me. And my friends, I ended up getting it in like 36 hours, 24 hours in between that bracket. Crazy. Which was great, but I I used to have long curly hair and I've got short hair. You were like, oh my God, I did not think it was going to go this quick. (laughs) Yeah, it was worth it. And then like now, I think I've got 1,300 pound I raised. And then before I end up going, possibly in Christmas time it depends on this coronavirus stuff but if not I want to spend my birthday week there and go for like a week and a half two weeks so I've got 1,300 and I'm going to top up to make it 1,500 and then spend 500 on the orphanage and a thousand on a local primary school I've kind of got excel spreadsheet full of like the basics when I go out there if I choose to buy the stuff out there just because of carrying it or um, I can carry some stuff but we need to spend more kind of got Excel spreadsheet of like cost and what I think I'll spend it on. Yeah, I'm very excited to kind of give back because I don't think of this in terms of charity. I think of this more about investing back into my heritage and like local community in Tanzania. So yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that and just visiting again. So hopefully in the next three to four months, kind of oh, I go out there and crossed. do that. My yeah. fingers are crossed for you. <laughs> Thank genuinely you. you're trying to do such good things so i'm just hoping that this uh pandemic doesn't fully you know mess up your plans no so thank you so i kind of want to chat about uh the current climate and what's going on i know there's been a lot of traction and the kind of whole conversation about black lives matter has really blown up in the last like four or five months especially you know kind of started around the beginning of june with the death of george floyd you know R.I.P. And I'm just interested to see kind of what your thoughts on that are just as a mixed race individual. 
how are you feeling about the state the state of the world that's quite a big question but <laughs> i think it's important to talk about um the world yeah the world is so so crazy but in terms of the black lives matter movement it was very it was very warming seeing a lot of people come together and a lot of unity occur but i often question like myself like what were, what was people's values and day-to-day -day kind of beliefs actions thoughts prior which is quite interesting because people in america have been suffering via the 13th amendment which is like a piece of legislation that states that slavery is okay as long as in, it's in terms of criminals so any type of crime you commit you can you're essentially a slave to the system and when you think about like the law and order and the free strikes and you're out kind of legislation that was has been going on in america over the last 20 years you think about who's negatively affected you know that like a lot of young black people are negatively infected and then also there's there's been numerous numerous people killed um in cold blood um, over the last decade or so and we kind of just see it more now because of social media that's been going on but i'm happily happy that people finally come to their senses and are educating themselves but as well as all of that noise that initially came that i feel like was needed i'm kind of like thinking now like okay like what's what's the next two to five years like what's the action plan what's actually going to happen and it's great to see people like Stormzy, the BBC, matching Stormzy's 10 million that he said he's going to invest into the black community over the next 10 years. Because there's a great, there's a great short video, it's on Netflix, I'm trying to remember the name. And it's basically a 20 minute video that explains the racial wealth gap in America. And it's so What is much... that? I don't know what that is. It's called Explained, actually. It's called Explained. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, the, the racial wealth gap and it just puts things into perspective how how backwards a lot of the world is but it focuses on america but it can be applicable elsewhere as well like mm. in the uk 50 percent of black africans live in relative poverty in comparison to 20 percent of white people so if you're black african you're two five times 2.5 times more likely to live in relative poverty so i feel like the the economic inequalities is, is very important but so just going back to the point about george floyd i think of george floyd as a catalyst for change, but I also question why a lot of organizations, businesses, and people were were so silent and okay with kind of the deaths of black African Americans and working class people, Latino people in America for the last de like decade plus, like it's been going on. Mm. Um, this is rather, not a new a new thing. It's not new. Yeah, like um, how was you educating yourself before? and yeah just that question of why people were so okay with it happening and the different inequalities that we go through i know that is a very it's a very touchy subject but at the same time it shouldn't be a touchy subject because this is a lot of people's lived reality and their everyday life and this is what a lot of people in america in the uk and worldwide um have to go through with police brutality and it's even evident in in um, nigeria with the nsars protests that have been going on the there needs to be a conversation about police because and police brutality because it's worldwide and despite it being very very disproportionate in places like um, America and the UK in nations in Africa where it's a heavily black population and doing it to their own people so I think it's that abusement of power and mm -hmm. how power can corrupt people's minds but yeah I'm kind of I'm looking I'm optimistic I'm an optimistic person so going forward I'm optimistic that the future 
future, um, we may see more equality and a faster rate than prior, which is always good going forward. And hopefully, if we'll see with the American election, but if Biden wins, <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, I've been tentatively watching my screen all day, getting the alerts about. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> but yeah, I always, I always think I'm also scared. But I also, I also think slow progress is better than no progress. Absolutely. Uh, and the direction we're going in is is better than where it's been at in the past. So hopefully we just keep up the momentum and people incorporate into their everyday lives and call out prejudice, call out unconscious bias because many, many, many people have it. And it's through things like socialization, the media, like let's let's really change the narrative and our generation, we're we're, we're gonna be we're gonna be the one. Well, on route, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Hopefully, I'm hoping too that we can be the ones to kind of really make some proper institutional change for the better. And at the age when we have children or decide to have children, the world is just a significantly better place than it is now. (laughs) Fingers crossed, because honestly, I don't think I don't think I'd want to raise children in this current climate. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's actually been so nice to talk to you. We're actually, we're coming up to run that bit of time, which is a shame, but um, yeah, this has been, this has been great. And it's been lovely to hear your opinions and about your life and uh, all your accolades. Yeah. <laughs> all, uh, so any, any closing remarks, anything you want to plug, potentially a blog? Yeah, I have, I have a blog in my link, <laughs> LinkedIn bio, so I'm going to go on the page Marley Ahmed, possibly in the next year or so, just keep an eye out, I might have a website for my mentoring project or Instagram page, just something to mm-hmm. kind of get content out. But um, yeah, just last kind of re- remarks is just like, as well as tweet and um, put things on social media, just let's all make sure that we incorporate um, the change we want to see in our everyday lives mm-hmm. and c- call people out when needed. And just, yeah, just, just do what we say and continue to educate ourselves. 100%. Well, for anyone that didn't get that, Marley's blog is called uh, Let's Talk Society. Find that via Google. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Thank you, Marley, for coming on and talking to me today. Thank you.